0: Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. It's a good day to be in God's house today. I'm not going to lie, I've been looking forward to this moment since 9 p.m. last Sunday. It's just that, that much anticipation every week. Looking forward to being with you guys and being able to grow together in God's Word. That's why we're here. Uh, We're not here for us. Uh, I mean, we're kind of not here for you, although we love you and we're glad you're here. But we gather together to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So when we gather, we sing, we worship for him. When we gather, we hear a message centered on him so that we might grow. There's a, a topic that is rampant in society today, and it's been around for quite some time, but we really haven't been talking about it. And if we're being honest, there's still this stigma around this topic. It's almost like everybody gets a little bit uncomfortable when we start talking about it. It's not normal yet, but the dialogue, especially in the past couple years, the dialogue has started, which is good and which is helpful, but I still think we got a really long way to go, and that is centered on the topic of mental illness, mental health. Uh, for many of you, you, you may have never researched this, or you may not have anybody in your life that deals with this. You may not deal with this, but I would say for most of us here today, especially based on the con- hundreds of conversations that I've had with people in this city, I would guess that the majority of us here today are dealing with mental illness to some degree. So I I would say that we're having this conversation as ones that are kind of in the middle of it. You know, it's important, especially the title of the series we're going to be talking about is Are You Okay? It's important for us to go ahead and set out on the onset here to be able to say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be able to walk into a space and to be able to say, I'm not okay. I feel like, in the context in which we find ourselves, there's a persona that, that's not okay to not be okay, especially if you live in Boulder. Because, how can you not be okay? And the most creative and techy, and most beautiful and most healthy and most athletic and awesome city in all the world. How dare you not be okay? You got all this. Look how special you have it. And so we put that narrative on our own lives. And therefore, whenever we see people, we almost don't want to be as honest as we really are because it's like you look around, you're like, well, I guess I could have it worse. So I'm Okay. And in trying to really put on a facade and to put on a persona that everything's okay, week after week after week, we continue to fall apart. And I just don't think that that's okay. I, I want to be a congregation. I want to be a church where everybody's welcome. Especially if we're having an open, honest conversation. We're all saying that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And we're all saying that most of us aren't Okay. That's kind of assuring, that should be reassuring and encouraging to literally every one of us here today. Because we can all look around the room and we can say, not a single person in this room has arrived to the perfect mental health state. No, if you have, you're the only one. You're still welcome here, but you're the only one who's arrived at the pinnacle of perfection of mental health is not the case, which means we're all kind of on this journey together. We're all trying to figure it out together. And so even as I stand before you here today, I'm not speaking as a, a professional counselor who has all the right answers for your mental health and your mental illness. That's just not, that's not the platform that I'm here with. But I do believe that the Bible talks a lot about our minds. And I do believe that it's my job to talk about what the Bible says about our minds. And that that a lot of what the Bible says can actually help us to have good mental health. So we're starting the conversation. In addition to starting the conversation of saying that I'm not okay, I also want to go ahead and say in the beginning of our talks, it's okay to say you're okay. It is okay to be okay. You know, I I don't want to create an atmosphere where we have to get creative on a struggle. You know, like if you had a good week and I ask you if you had a good week, I don't want to create an atmosphere where it's just like, well, man, he's, just, he's talking about saying, like, it's okay to say you're not okay. Like, I'm sure there's something. I don't want to say I'm okay when I'm sure there's something. I'm sure there is something. But okay, like, if you had a good week, tell me you had a good week. That's okay, too. It's really not as much of, you know, saying you're not okay or saying you're okay. It's not as much as that, as much as being honest with the question. Are you okay? No, I'm not. Okay. Let's talk about that. Or let's not talk about that. But let's at least start the conversation. Does that sound okay? Good. Let's go on the journey together. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about three different practices that I believe Scripture speaks directly to. And these are three practices that have helped me personally in becoming better equipped better tooled, and better at handling my mental health. First is, this week we're tackling the topic of rest. So we're going to talk about rest, how you should rest, when you should rest, where you should rest, who you should rest with. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of different things about rest today. Next, we're going to talk about restore, restoration, restoration. Because when we're talking about mental health, yeah, you need to rest, but there's also some broken, broken pieces. Maybe it's your past, some broken relationships. And so we're going to talk about what the Bible says about bringing restoration to your mind. And then the third week, we're going to talk about having a, a reset. You know how in tech, in most things, if you're having some glitches, you just need to turn it off and turn it back on, and it somehow fixes everything? <laughs> I can't get this remote control caught. Turn it off, turn it back. It's fixed. I don't understand it. The third week, we're talking about how to reset our mental space and really to set healthy rhythms. Uh, in the reset, we don't just want to reset, but we want to reset and set healthy rhythms for our life. Uh, there's a saying that says, if you can identify your season, then you can set your rhythm. And I want to help us identify healthy uh, Help us identify the season that we're actually in so that we can set a healthy rhythm where we can stay mentally healthy. Those are the conversations we're going to have. Tonight, we're going to be talking about rest. And the title of the message is The Stream and the Storm. The Stream and the Storm. And in our time together, what I want us to see is that rest is not found in a location or in an environment. Rest is not found in the familiar or the comfortable. Rest, true real rest is found in a person in the practice of trust. Real rest is found in the person in the practice of trust. Let's pray before we dive into the text that we're going to be unpacking today. God, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the truth of your word and how as we open your word, how your holy spirit moves. And your Holy Spirit does what only the Holy Spirit can do. You change lives. So, Father, I ask that you do what I cannot. That you move tonight, that you speak directly to everybody that is here, and that if there's somebody here dealing with some mental illness that they they haven't been able to overcome, Father, they would leave encouraged, better tooled. Father, we believe in a miracle. We believe that miracles can happen. And if there's somebody here today, Father, who is, is, is honestly kind of in the beginning of it, Father, we ask today that you would encourage them, that though they thought that they were slipping away, they really were just in the beginning of being healed by you, and that they leave encouraged, and that we all leave better, more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first text that we're going to look at tonight is found in Psalms 23, a very familiar passage. Psalms 23, we're going to be looking at the first two verses. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles in the back, on the right, on your way out. Take as many as you want. Or you can go grab one right now, that's okay. But we definitely want to make sure you get a Bible in your hand. Psalms 23, verses 1 and 2 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest. Everybody say rest. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Much of our mental unrest, I believe, comes when we feel like we aren't enough. It's when we feel inadequate in some way. We become mentally at Unrest. And I rewrote this passage as if we live like this. Okay, follow follow along for a second. This is how we actually live. Not like what we just read, but we live like this. I am my own. I am all that I need. I chase after green meadows. I seek after peaceful streams. Isn't that how we actually live? It's almost like the text says one thing, but somehow between our eyes and our brain, we we compute it and we live out a little differently, unfortunately. Therefore, because we're inadequate, because we have this feeling over our life that we're not enough, we run, and we run harder, and we run harder, and we chase after this thing called rest that's, I'm sure, out there, Somewhere, and when we find rest in that green meadow and peaceful valley and the stream, then we're gonna find happiness and we're gonna find contentment and we're gonna find satisfaction. But if you've ever chased after those things, what you actually find is the second that you get the very thing that you've been running after that you thought would bring you the peace and the contentment and the happiness. You get there and you think to yourself, it kind of feels maybe a little worse than it did when I started this journey. (laughs) This is not what I had in mind. Now it looks like it's so much further down the road. And now I have this feeling deep down in my soul that not only did I not make it to rest, but now I'm even more not enough. And it's going to take even more to get to that next Level. Are you starting to follow along where our mental kind of goes sometimes? What happens whenever we chase after rest, this kind of elusive pinpoint, this elusive location out there, and then we chase after it, we chase after it, we never find it, never find it. We continue to feel inadequate, inadequate, inadequate. What do we do to ourselves in those moments? Mentally, we shame ourselves. We guilt ourselves. When you start shaming yourself and guilting yourself for maybe where you are, or what you haven't done, what you haven't accomplished, what is that gonna ultimately lead to? Depression, anxiety, because you double down. I love this text because this text speaks directly to that thought process. And it tells us that our only true provision Our only true contentment and satisfaction can be found in the good shepherd. It can only be found in a person. Scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. In him. He lets me lie down. He leads me. It's all about him. Has anybody placed a a narrative over your life? I believe that we're all living for this moving target that none of us can really quite articulate. But do you ever feel like you're living out a narrative that maybe somebody else put over your life? Uh, Maybe it was a coworker, maybe it was your boss, or maybe it was your parents. Your parents spoke this thing over your life when you were really young, and you've been working so hard to try to make your parents proud to achieve this level of expectation, this narrative that your parents put over your life. Is that anybody? For me personally, it's a little different. For me personally, my parents were very supportive of, of really any direction that I, I wanted to go, as long as it was this one specific, not just, as, it was, as, as long as it was this one very, very narrow path. Um, but I mean, they really were very encouraging people. And so it wasn't really as much my parents' expectation over my life, as much as it was the narrative as, as a young person that I placed over my own life. And, and I put this expectation over my life to be this high achiever, to change the world, to be this driven person. And so at a very young age, this is the standard that I set for my life. And, and what I realized was, is whenever I was living for my own narrative and my own expectations, I was disappointing myself twice <laughs> from what I thought that I would do and what I'm actually living out now. There's something about living out your life from a self-centered expectation. Doesn't matter who that self is. You're gonna always let yourself down. But there's a different narrative here when it comes to the good shepherd is that the good shepherd doesn't have that expectation over your life. The good shepherd wants to walk with you on your journey. I wanna look And therefore, with that moving target, we'll never hit it and it'll leave us frustrated. I want to look at the good shepherd for a second. I want to talk about sheep. So if we have a shepherd, we're sheep. That's how that breaks down in the text. And sheep are really dumb. And that's okay. I think it's okay to to say that and to say that sometimes we're really dumb. I want to to give a a real quick kind of a, a separation of sheep with a shepherd and sheep without a shepherd. I wanna I want you to think about it from a, a mental space. Sheep without a shepherd are in panic mode most of the time. They're isolated, they easily wander off. Have no idea where they're going, they're basically blind. They're hungry. Sheep cannot find food on their own. They're helpless. They're the most defenseless animal that you'll ever see. Sheep don't even have horns. At least goats have horns. Sheep have nothing. They're helpless. And they're afraid. They're timid animals. They're not these courageous animals. They're actually easily afraid. Did you know that sheep are afraid of rain? Something as simple as rain. Green, I don't like to be rained on either. I don't blame them. Like, but, but they're afraid. So what do we get? Sheep without a shepherd. They're isolated, hungry, helpless, and afraid how do you feel when you are most mentally unhealthy what are some qualities about your life when you feel like man i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not okay right now mentally what do you do you probably you probably become isolated you probably become afraid You probably start to feel a little helpless. That's why when people that are in a bad mental space don't want to get out of bed. You feel helpless. You're starving. But sheep with a shepherd, it's a different story. They feel peace. They have companionship because they know that the shepherd's never far from the fold. He's always close. He never leaves his sheep. They have nourishment because a good shepherd always gives good food, good shelter, good nourishment, He's always looking out for the the best in the sheep. They have protection, because why? The shepherd has a hook, and he's going to fight for his sheep. And they have guidance. The shepherd has that rod and the staff. He's going to lead the sheep to the green pastures and the peaceful streams. How do you feel when you are most mentally healthy? When you're at your best, maybe you feel companionship with the people around you. Maybe you feel nourished. Maybe you feel protected. Maybe you feel like you have a sense of of guidance and direction. Are you starting to see the picture here? We're a train wreck without a shepherd. But with the good shepherd, we have everything that we need. Isn't that amazing that... The, she, the shepherd knows exactly what you need to be mentally healthy. And the scripture speaks directly to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Goes on, he says, lets me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside peaceful streams. All right, let's, let's talk about this for a second because what I want to clear up is, is that in many of our minds right now, we go directly to an image of green meadows and peaceful streams. And that's awesome. And that's great. And that's, oh, it feels so good to just sit next to green pastures, peaceful streams. Are you ever just sitting in the middle of the day beside green pastures and peaceful streams? I honestly don't feel like this is referring to the green meadows and the pastures, peaceful streams at all. Because you can be on a, on a beach with the people that you love watching the sunset, stress out of your mind. <laughs> I have been I've been on vacation before with my family and I mean I'm stressed out of my mind like I got to have this conversation when I get back. Why did I have to get this email on this day? I hate that guy. And then I'm listening to a leadership book and I'm trying to like, you know, I'm going to put that aside and just become a better leader and I'm I'm like I'm not rested, okay? the environment around you and the location has nothing to do with your soul being at rest. So we can strive and strive and strive for the green meadows, strive, strive, strive for the peaceful streams, and to put ourselves in the right environment and the right location, and we're sitting there, legs crossed, namaste, stressed out of our mind. Anybody? That's not not what this passage is speaking of. It's talking about something on the inside. It's, re- it's really painting, it's a metaphor. It's painting this picture of when you say it, how does it make you feel? And how that makes you feel is what God wants to do on the inside of your soul. How he wants to provide a rest for your soul. And in doing so, we see in this passage that the good shepherd provides, he's, he's, he is our provider. He gives us the provision that we need. And when you're mentally stressed or anxious, What's one of the reasons you're mentally stressed and anxious? Am I going to provide? Do I have the money? Do I have the resources? Am I enough? I want to tell you right now, based on Psalms 23, you have all the resources you'll ever need. You have all the rest that you'll ever need in, in Jesus. All the strength you'll ever need. All the money you'll ever need. You have everything you will ever need in Jesus so when we're not talking about a peaceful stream, uh, peaceful meadow. If we were, the disciples would have been very confused. Because as we see in Mark chapter 4, the second thing is the storm. In Mark chapter 4, the first is the stream, next is the storm. Mark chapter 4, verse 36 through 41, we see the, decept- the disciples weren't exactly in a, uh, a peaceful stream when they were on a boat. And there was this crazy storm blowing all over the place. But yet, they still were supposed to experience rest. Let's talk about it. Let's look at Mark chapter four, verses 36. Mark chapter four, verse 36 to 41 says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the, wall, of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. and other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. This is awesome. Jesus was sleeping. Fierce storm on a boat, boat sinking. Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I love that little detail there. He's not just like asleep leaning against the wall. No, like he like made a bed. He's cozied up. He's dreaming right now. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Apparently, the disciples had a southern accent. Teacher, don't you see? Going down. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you, do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Something that I I noticed from the text is that just because there's a presence of a storm does not mean that there's an absence of your God. Even though the environment around you changes, Jesus is still asleep. And when people are starting to go crazy, he's like, what's the matter with you? Why are you acting crazy? You should should have faith. You should be at peace. You should be at rest. He's with you. He's always with you. I love that he doesn't rebuke them for waking them up. He rebukes them because of their faith. I was thinking about the disciples' perspective on this one. And I really don't blame them. I mean, can you kind of blame them? I mean, if I'm going down and I know that the person that could like help me not go down is on the boat, uh, I, I'm probably gonna wake him up too. Uh, maybe, maybe not fran- frantic, but like, hey bro, like we're kind of going down. Something, something you wanna do there. I mean, they've seen him heal the sick, raise the dead to life. I mean, they knew, cast out demons, they knew he could, he could do it but but he's kind of asleep right now and this is kind of a problem. Uh, but it, w- it wasn't that they woke him up, it was their faith was the problem here. And he called out their, their faith that even though they had seen him move before, they didn't think he could move now. And I feel like so oftentimes for us, when we get in a, a bad mental place, especially as a follower of Jesus, we've seen him do it before, But, you know, I just don't know that he's got it this time around. And so the faith that we had to get us to where we are begins to struggle a little bit. We have doubt of really who God is in this season that we're in. And that affects us in a negative way mentally because we, we start to doubt our protector. So mentally, you're going to be in a bad place if you don't feel like you have the provisions that you need. Mentally, you're going to be a bad place if you don't feel like you have the protector that you need. Here we are again, caught up in another storm, and God is nowhere to be found. I don't even know if you can take care of this one. This is a big one. What's the storm that you're in right now? And what are you doing to have faith that Jesus is going to get you through it? What's the storm that you're in? What is the mental storm that you're in? What is the challenge that you're facing right now, specifically? And do you think that Jesus is enough to get you through it? Do you think that he's abandoned you? I would say that's probably where many of our minds go. When we get in a hard mental space, first things first, God's left me. And here I am to fend for myself. And so what do we do in that moment? We fend for ourselves, And we take control. All right, God, if you ain't going to show up, I'm going to show up. And I'm going to step up and I'm going to do the thing that I know to do to get me out of this. And so step one, step two, step three, we go through our process and we try to do it without God and we just just get a little worse and a little worse and a little worse. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that healing processes for mental health is is, is a bad thing. I actually think they're a phenomenal thing. And I actually feel like, as a little bit of a disclaimer, especially as we're talking about mental health, I actually feel like uh, the church And religion at large has done a terrible job affirming professional counseling. They've done a horrible job of affirming uh, medicine that can help you in uh, your mental state. And so we, we come up here, especially as pastors, and church leaders, and we say, pray, lean into God, perform a miracle, go be healed. And you walk out the doors and you're like, okay, that's awesome. That's great but there's still something going on here. No, I I, want to encourage you in the trifecta. (laughs) All right, let's do them all. God gave us wisdom. He gave us discernment to make wise decisions. If you get sick and you have a migraine, are you going to take an ibuprofen? Yeah, I'm going to pray for healing. Got to help this to go away. Pop, pop. (laughs) And guess what? Every time headache is gone. Miracle. It's through medicine or miracle. I'm believing it's going to happen. The trifecta. If you're here today and you're serious, you're seriously in the middle of a mental struggle tomorrow, I want you to book a professional counseling appointment. And if you don't know where to go, we can help you find a a place. I'm not a professional counselor. I I, I would love to meet with you, but that's not what I do. And the reason I know I'm not a professional counselor, I go to a professional counselor, and they are next level, okay? They go to school for this thing. We go to gyms to learn how to get instructed in our fitness. We go to health coaches because we wanna know how to set a healthy diet. And with our mental space, we're like, no, I think I'm gonna figure this one out, Google. Uh, Like, how do I get better at my mental space? What? I I think we should engage a little bit of common sense there. A little bit of wise discernment, and say, "I'm going to book a, a session with a professional counselor. If you need help doing that, or you can't afford that, come and find us. We want to help pay for that. We want to help help you get help, and walk that journey with you. And if there's medicine that can help you as well, there's a stigma over taking medicine, and it's tragic. I think we've seen one too many people lose their life, death by suicide, because there was a stigma over taking a pill." and that's not okay. That's not okay. So I wanna encourage you today in the trifecta. Okay, we're gonna go to God and we believe that God can heal you 100%. We're also gonna do all the other things as well and we're gonna walk that journey with you. All right, y'all feel me? All right, let's get back. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I think this is gonna help you today. I think this is gonna help you long-term. Our greatest problems are not around us, they're within us. So the disciples are in the middle of a storm. They're freaking out by what's going on around them. And, and, and Jesus is not really that concerned with the storm. Because what does Jesus say? Where's your faith? Jesus doesn't even really acknowledge other than like walking outside being like, hey, chill out. Hey, where's your faith? He acknowledges what's inside of us. And I think that's, that's really where I wanna lean into. Not what's going on around us in our circumstances, but what's going on inside of us. What if Jesus is resting in his storm to demonstrate that we can rest in ours? What if Jesus was resting in his storm as a demonstration that we can rest in our storm? Jesus d- is not freaking out over your storm. I love, I, <laughs> I love that thought that when I'm freaking out, God's not. Like, oh, God, look around. And he's like, yo, I got this, like, Yo, come to me, I'm the good shepherd. I got this, I'm not freaking out. Um, I'm gonna close right now. I just wanna close uh, by being honest with you uh, right out of the gate and let you know I'm I'm in the middle of it mentally. Um, and back in March, I experienced anxiety a little bit for the first time. So I was an anxious kid. Uh, I was really stressed out as a kid, experienced a lot of anxiety. Uh, and my mental anxiety goes straight to my stomach it's your, it's your second brain and if you've studied psychology, you know this like like if you if you find somebody is having some struggle right here it's actually there's it's like right here and as a kid this is probably tmi but i i threw up every day for a little over 2 years every day they were they were worried about a lot of stuff that was going inside my body. They ran every test you could possibly imagine. Camera after camera down my throat. They're like, I'm sorry, I can't figure out. He's like in perfect health. I think he's just stressed out. As a kid, what do I have to be stressed out about? Wake up and play all day. But the anxiety, the OCD, struggle, a struggle real bad with OCD uh, and perfectionism and all these things, just, it just takes over my my brain. And you know, my, my mom helped me navigate that as I grew older and they kind of restructured some of my rhythms and, and these principles right here, like restructured my rest, my resets, my rhythms. And, and I got to a place where I could, I could manage it pretty well uh, until this last March. Uh, I, you know, nothing really changed drastically in my life. Um, I, had, I have had much greater pressures on my shoulders than in March, but it was just, it was something about that season that my mind, really what it was is I stopped doing these things that we're gonna be talking about over these next three weeks. I stopped doing those things. And I started to take control of my environments and everything around me and stress out again. And and I I began to mentally break down and I started having panic attacks. Sweating, if you've ever had a panic attack, you know know the drill. You start to lose your eyesight a little bit. Your hearing wanes. You start to sweat all over. Anybody else? You feel like you're about to pass out. You, you can't really, I mean, it's a weird place to be in. That started happening to me at random, places that it shouldn't happen. And then, you know, I kind of like went on, a, went on a hike, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack that story next week and, and my journey of uh, some of the things God taught me, but God kind of like brought me back. Like he just kept telling me, like, open up your hands. Like, trust me. Like, I got you. I'm the good shepherd, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I remember getting to a point in March where I just had to physically get on my knees while I was on a hike, open up my hands and say, God, like, I just wanna give you everything, like uh, everything. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna have control anymore. I need, I need help, I'm desperate. If you've been there, then you understand. And then in August, it came back with a vengeance. I thought I had it under control and so I didn't continue in the healthy rhythms. And in August, it was just like a wing, gone. Uh, I was in line, uh, which I mean, if you know, I was in line in a um, restaurant with five kids screaming at me in the back, all different orders that they wanted. My wife is yelling at me their orders while they 're changing their orders, and the traffic is lining up behind me i 'm starting to sweat just thinking about it and it 's hard, hard going through a drive through and, um, and i remember I remember sitting there in the drive through shut down, boom, panic attack. I I couldn't talk. I couldn't articulate words. Uh, There was a couple of people here that was in the car with me. They knew like I was done and Jess kept trying to talk to me and I couldn't even hear. She had to order for me. I barely pulled around to the window, pulled to the side and I just looked at her and like I just said, I don't know what else to say, but like I'm not okay. Like I don't know what that was, but like I'm, I'm shutting down. And um, if you've ever been there, it's pretty scary because, like, I, OCD, like, I can control anything, right? I can control anything but, my, but that, that. That was gone. That was beyond my control. And it began a journey for me of some things that God wanted to teach me and, um, he went, and some things he wanted to break me down from, some things that he wanted to me, me to release control of. And, uh, and that's kind of the journey that I want us to go on together is... I think God is calling all of us to become a a little bit more submissive to him. Uh, Originally, I started off by saying real rest is found in a person and in the practice of trust. And and I believe that that is the theme of both of of these texts, is I'm the good shepherd. You have all that you need here. Do you trust me to, to, to lead you, to guide you? I'm the good shepherd. I'm I'm in your boat. Do you trust me in the middle of a storm? And, and I, want us to, I want us to go ahead and um, stand to our feet. We're going to close with a song. But I want you to think of these, these, four, these four practices as we close. Uh, one is, is, and this is, this is going to spell rest, so I know this will help you. One is, for the R is retreat. What are you doing in your life to retreat and get alone and away with God? I want you to think about that as we have this song of response. How are you retreating and getting alone with God? Number two, when you retreat, how are you engaging to talk to God and to spend time with him and to meditate over his word? As to submit, how are you submitting to God as he speaks to you through his word and through prayer? What are you submitting and giving back to him? And number three is, how are you gonna follow through and trust him knowing that he is a faithful and a good shepherd? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're thankful that you're the good shepherd and we're thankful that we can come to you with our mental struggle and we can look it to you and we can say in all honesty and transparency, I'm not okay. And God, you don't shame us. You don't guilt us. You don't turn your back on us. You don't run away from us. You actually lean in like a good father and you pick us up. You wrap your loving arms around us and you say, I know and it's going to be okay. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep Coming back.